I started having uh, a goal and a dream. So I wanted to get a medal in the Olympics when I was seven years old. I play for myself. I want to win because I want to win, not because I want to please other people. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Abtar, a podcast series from the National News dedicated to Arab athletes and their respective journeys towards the Paris 2024 Olympics. I'm your host, Rima Bullil, and I'm very excited to be joined by Egyptian table tennis prodigy, Hannah Gouda. The word prodigy gets thrown around a lot in sport, but when it comes to Hannah, it couldn't be more accurate. Hannah has been making waves in table tennis internationally since she was 11 years old. She was ranked number one in the world in the under-15 cadets category when she was just 12. And last year, at the senior level, she became the youngest to win the African Championship at the tender age of 15. Hannah is currently ranked inside the world's top 30 and is Paris-bound with Team Egypt for the Olympic Games this summer. She has just turned 16 and her star continues to rise. Hannah has an impressive sponsorship portfolio that includes a new contract with Red Bull Egypt and was recently named Best Emerging Arab Athlete at the Mohammed bin Rashid Creative Sports Awards. In our chat, we discuss what it's like living in the spotlight as a young teenager, how she's been dealing with the weight of expectations, and what it will take for her to contend in a sport dominated by East Asians. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Hannah Gouda, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time. I've been a fan since you were even younger than now, since you're 11 years old. Uh, so thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Anna, you started making history in the sport from a very young age when you were just 11 years old. Did you realize at the time the magnitude of what you were doing when you were suddenly ranked number one in the world in the cadets category or your Egyptian national champion when you were just 11 and 12 years old? W- were you aware of what you were doing at the time? Uh, not really. It all came suddenly. Suddenly, uh, I won the senior tournament in Egypt, and then I became I became world number one in cadet, and then it was crazy. But I, it, it didn't feel real. I still don't like know how to feel. I don't know really. It's very different. I just feel like it's normal. Not normal to be this ranked. It's I just live normally. I try to do always do the best and try to win every single match because I'm very competitive. I never want to lose in anything, even in when we're like doing uh, not not nothing like like maybe some card games, some other sports. I never like to lose, so <laughs> uh, I, I'm just very competitive. So for me, winning and having this is. It's, it's okay. I, I, I always want to move forward. I always want to do better and better. So, yeah. So, as far as I understand, you started playing the sport when you were four years old. And you were so short that they cut the table, the legs of the table tennis so that you could play. Can you tell me yes. a little bit about that? And when did yeah. you actually start to play with the normal length, the normal height of the table? Yeah, okay. So, of course, I don't really remember. I was four years old, so <laughs> that was a really long time ago. So it's mostly stories told to me. <laughs> and then they told me that I started, I know I started at four years old. I was playing a few different sports, started table tennis, uh, loved it the most, had to choose between table tennis and the other sports and def- and didn't even think about it. They they told me that <laughs> and I, I chose table tennis. Uh, I was too short. I 
I got my ghost spirit really late. Uh, I, I just got tall last year, so <laughs> I have been short uh, most most of my table tennis career. And then when I was really when I was four, I was never on. I was like this with the table, so you can never play when you're the same height as the table. They just cut the ends of the table, and then I started playing. They said she's good, she has a future, and then they started focusing more, and then. I don't really remember when I started to play on the normal table, but for sure when I was five, because I started playing tournaments when I was five and a half and then outside of Egypt when I was seven. So that's when my international career started. Yeah. So you're seven years old. You're traveling abroad for your first tournament. Do you remember at the time what that first trip was like? Are you thinking, wow, this is something big or I'm just going to play a game? No, that was definitely something really big. It was in Sweden, my first, this is what, this was my first time. And it was like, it's one of the big, still one of the biggest tournaments out there. And we, uh, Egyptian team, they went with like more than 50 people. And I was one of them, but I wasn't on there. I, 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 it was with our own money because I wasn't even winning at that point. So I just went to play. And then I remember I didn't win a single match. And <laughs> that was crazy because they thought, okay, she maybe she'll win under 11. I didn't win anything. I played a lot of matches. I played under 11, under 15, under, or was it under 12? Under 12, under 15, under 19. And seniors under 21, I played all and then I'll, I didn't win anything. And my parents were quite sad. They were like, what? Why? Uh, it is, it's okay that I lost because I was seven years old. But then after that, I went to Algeria. I was also seven, maybe seven and a half. And that's when I won my first medal, I think. Even before the, the national medal, I won international medal first. I got uh, number one under 12 and then number two under 15. And I won against the person who took second in Africa one week prior. So it was like a good tournament for me. And then it was my first medal. And then after that, I, w- I went on TV with Mana Shazli. And it was a big thing when I was young. Yeah, it, it was a very big thing. <laughs> Did you always feel uh, that it's natural for you to get this attention and deal with this with this attention, or it, or is it daunting for you? Or because I've seen you on television from a very young age, and you seem to be handling it very well. But I'm curious for you, how does it feel when you're that young and suddenly on national television talking about an accomplishment? <laughs> well, when this was my first time on TV, they told me just we're going as the whole team. So you're not going to talk much. You're just going to sit and then uh, maybe watch them and then that's it. And then suddenly they told me, okay, come get your racket. Why? We're going to play. Okay. With uh, one of the people who was... Like, I don't know. He was very, he, he's still very big right now in, in the table tennis. But at that time, he was like, I think the Egyptian. Like the national champion or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then they told me, okay, you're going to play against him. Wow, <laughs> nice. And then the, she talked to me. She told me, okay, did you get, you were the only one who got the silver. I told her, no, I got also a gold. She said, where? It was very funny. I still watch it to this day. And I, I'm very, I quite uh, a bit embarrassed because I remember <laughs> uh, I went to school the next day and all my 
friends in school they were saying okay you were on tv what and they counted the the set and it, it was crazy uh, i don't know how how it felt being seven years old and going to school and then they say your tv or you're you're uh, trending now or something it was crazy but i never had the the thought that i am famous or because i was and and still uh, to this day i don't have social media i don't use it so much i only have instagram but just to maybe talk to the to my to the players that i Uh, practice with or something and to my friends and then but I never check like the social media things my mother posts everything and she's the manager and so I just stay practice have fun and enjoy <laughs> that's awesome so tell me at what point did you start having a proper dream that you want to take this sport professionally what at what point did you think okay I actually want to do this this is my calling This was actually very early. I started having uh, a goal and a dream. So I wanted to get a medal in the Olympics when I was seven years old. So this was an early dream. Ever since I started traveling, I felt like I want to do this. This is my passion. This is what I want to do in my life. This is it. This is what's going to be good for me. So I'm very happy that uh, this is how I live life. Even if some people say, okay, you don't experience teenage years. You don't experience your, because I never go to school. I don't have much friends school, uh, much friends at school because I don't go there at all. Uh, I only have the table tennis experience, but I really can I cannot change it. For, I do not want it. I don't want to change it for anything, really. It's, it's so good. <laughs> That is amazing. It's a blessing, actually. It's not easy. There are people who spend their whole lives trying to find what they're passionate about. Yes, cool. yes. So you started traveling very young, and I was speaking with your mother, uh, Dr. Radwa, and she told me that she stopped traveling with you a couple of years ago. What was that transition like? What, what was it like when you're suddenly now just traveling with your coach or, or teammates or something else? What, was that difficult? Not really. For, before the first time I traveled without her, I felt it was going to be difficult and I was going to cry and every day because I miss her. Yeah, of course, I, I, I missed her. I felt good to be independent, to do things my own way and to figure out things How, how to do things my own way. Because after maybe third or fourth time, I traveled totally alone without a coach, without teammates. I was totally alone. I went uh, in a camp one week without knowing a single person. And I made like friends and stuff because I was totally alone. But this was very uh, good for me. I learned a lot of things. I had a schedule. I had what I do before the match, what I do inside what and then I had my notebook I write each player what do I do with each player and then when do I do this and then when do I relax this made me like figure out myself more because there's no one telling me exactly what to do I figure it out and actually first time to travel totally alone which was going to Portugal the, it was a, actually a very good tournament I got one under 15 and then third under 19 And the, before the camp, when I was going to the airport, instead of <laughs> going normally and having a normal travel day, I threw the passport in the, ba in the, the trash by accident. <laughs> so it wasn't a really good start, but I didn't tell anyone about it except later. <laughs> Because if I told my mother, she wouldn't let me travel alone again. <laughs> 
but I found that everything went fine. So yeah, I think traveling alone for me is one of my favorite things ever. Even like totally alone without a coach, without, I just relax so much. I enjoy life so much alone. <laughs> wow. So tell me in general, how much traveling do you do? Like do, how many tournaments do you take part in abroad per year? Roughly. I can never answer this question. I know nothing like because it's very different every single month. Normally there in table tennis, we have a lot of tournaments, but you choose w- which one you go. And then you have d- many WTTs different go there, here. So I never know when I'm going, where I'm going. And I never, ever counted how many times I traveled, <laughs> but roughly definitely four times a month or something for four different places a month maybe more maybe a little less depends on the month this month i'm going to a few different places four different places in a row and then last month i also went to a, a lot of different places but a few months ago i only went one time to china so it depends it depends on the month on the schedule that i don't really put <laughs> my family and my coaches they manage all these things But yeah. So tell me, I know you play for Al Ahli. Can you tell me a little bit about your team? What's your, I know you have quite a professional setup around you. Can you talk to me a little bit about who your coaches are? Who else is part of your team? Do you work with a mental coach or a psychologist? All that kind of stuff. Like what's the setup around you like? Yes, uh, I have quite a big team. <laughs> Everyone has a big role. And I have a few different coaches Table tennis coaches, of course I have. I'll talk about all of them. So I have coach in the club. He's my senior table tennis coach. Coach Adel is the one where I go, like when, whenever I'm in Egypt, I always go to practice with him because he's like my main coach. And then I have Captain Hisham, which he was my coach when I was 12 years old. And or since I was in the category of tw- under 12. And uh, now he's not my coach in the club, but he travels with me everywhere. And he's the one who is who coaches me in the matches. And then and then we, uh, I had a uh, Chinese coach, but now he's in China for a bit uh, because I was not here so much in Egypt the past few months. He's definitely come ba- coming back. Now I have uh, a fitness coach. He has been my coach. For seven years, this is, the, I think, the eighth year with him. And then I have a mental coach, a nutritionist. Hopefully I don't miss anyone. It's going to be embarrassing. But that's like the main circle. Yeah. The reason I'm asking is because I don't think any everyone understands how big of an operation this is. You you have this Olympic dream that we're going to talk more about, and, and it's quite a big thing. You're trying to make it in a sport that is dominated by East Asia. So to, to try and do what you're doing at this age as well, it's amazing that you have such a big professional setup around you, uh, which, I, yes. which I'm, I'm sure it's not very common even in Egypt to be able to do it that way. Let's talk about the mental part for a little bit, because from the outside, it's not easy. It, it, it's impossible for us to understand what it's like to be 15 and put in high pressure situations that you are put in. How do you deal with everything, just, even just from purely the amount of work that you put in for your sport and you are still also going to school. So tell me a little bit about how all of this is being managed for you. How are you managing it? Yes. So this year I'm getting so much better in this. Last year was totally a big disaster in this thing. I was stressed from everything. School, how to manage, 
how to and because I sometimes consider myself a perfectionist in some areas because in school I never want to be like average I I want to get a good grade get a grade that I'm happy with this was stressing me out because I wanted to do so good in school and then I had a lot of big tournaments that uh, that a lot uh, a lot of people put expectations uh, a lot of people hold like me on this high thing that I I could never lose I should never lose and Hannah this Hannah that and so last year it was crazy for me because I was only thinking about these people, how if I lose, it will affect who and if I, what, it was totally draining. I, I was on a total low. I couldn't focus on table tennis. I couldn't do good in school. I was totally like, it was messing me up because I was so stressed. I wanted to do better in table tennis, but when I get into a good match, I never do good in table tennis because in the match, because uh, I'm stressed about uh, what if I lose what so for me what helped me the most of course my mental my mental coach helped me so much in this but one of the biggest things that helped me is like changing my mindset thinking more that I ha- I just enjoy it. why put so much pressure on myself when I put pressure I, it doesn't benefit me any way okay you put pressure on yourself and then look what you did to yourself you were only stressed you didn't do your best in the matches you were scared you were you were nervous <laughs> nothing was working so I just told myself okay just really just enjoy like play play what you have do the best okay of course there's gonna be like pressure and but what I thought okay forget everyone you're, you're just playing for yourself you are the one who wants to get the goal not the people who are judging you from the outside who know nothing about but a lot of people support but you know the social media and internet uh, there's a lot of negative people they only uh, look at the negative parts and when you lose they are they see okay she she won all of this but she lost this we're gonna talk about the the things she lost so I, I, w- I was like okay I, I'm not gonna listen I'm not gonna uh, look uh, I didn't look at any of your comments uh, and even if I looked I don't think about them because really it's my uh, it's it helped me so much because now I, I play for myself I want to win because I want to win not because I want to please other people so this is like the number one thing for me that helped me really yeah that that's amazing that you that's a lesson people spend a long time in their lives trying to learn and and it seems that you within a year you managed to get over that so that's amazing you remind me a little bit of Coco Goff I don't know if you watch tennis at all do you know yeah, Coco Goff? I know her yeah yeah so I met Coco when she was even younger than 15 but I remember the first proper interview I had with her was when she was 15 and she reminds me of you she just had a conversation with me it was very chill she spoke about handling the pressure the expectations and now she's the US Open champion at 19 and I'm curious that was crazy (laughs) do you look at any other young uh, examples of other athletes in the world is there anyone in particular that inspires you or at least that you you follow and kind of can relate to actually do you know do you know squash do you do you watch yeah, yeah. people squash a lot Amina Arfi yes I do yeah uh, she's one of my favorite players for me I, I really want I, I really enjoy watching her because she's such a good player and she's I think my age I think and then you see her doing so good in the senior tournaments and it's very nice seeing her like going up and up in the ranking and then uh, in the world championships she was gonna win against Hania which which was crazy in the quarterfinal so she's one of my favorites 
uh, right now because also I really love squash. I really love watching the game. It's one of my pleasures. A lot of people say, okay, they like to watch football. A lot of favorites are table tennis, just tennis, and then volleyball. Uh, I like squash, which was quite <laughs> weird to watch. But I, I love watching their games and their when they play against, especially because it's an all Egyptian. <laughs> they are they are dominating the games. Yeah, so Amina Arfi is one of my favorites. You definitely should uh, talk to her one day. She's she's a very nice person. We follow each other, but we haven't really talked before. But hopefully, I'll meet her someday. <laughs> Yeah, that would that would be a great conversation between you two because I'm sure you're going to find so many things that you can relate to with each other. I really think that she's going to be one of the top players, maybe more than five world championships in her hand, hopefully, one day. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. At the, at the time we're speaking right now, I, I think six of the top 10 women in the world in table tennis are Chinese. Nine of the top 10 are from East Asia. What do you think, what does it take to reach that level? and compete with them and beat them? One of the most important things I figured is whenever us Egyptians play against the Chinese, we always think that there will be a big gap. And so we enter the match uh, in a mindset that, okay, we just do our best. But why? Why why shouldn't we have a a go-to-win against them? Why whenever you you tell anyone, okay, I want to win this match, they, they just keep joking this is one of the worst things we have us egyptians uh, us as a table tennis team we are very good if you saw we we have us as a, a girls team like dina me there's also mariam yosra marwa we are a good five team like whenever each one of us plays so good if we always do that we're gonna be so good as a team but we always have this expectations that no they are chinese they are koreans they are japanese they are but I think this is one of the worst mindsets that some of us have that, okay, because they are, you, you can never. But Dina played against number three on the Wang Wan Yu. She, she played against her earlier this year and it was like three, two, very close. And this was one of the first times maybe an African or a person other than Asian to do this with the Chinese. So this was like an eye opening because Wow, Dina, she, she's my teammate. We play against each other. And then look what she's done when she played against the Chinese. So I think it's very normal to have goals to beat them because how will you be a world champion or a good player if you don't beat these people? These are the top people. And I think how to get to their level is one of the things that I do often is going to China for camps. Like I did so good in the WTTs I played and then I did so good in the African championships. I think their training is like us. It's normal, but the intensity is, they study it so well. The, the week is going like this. It's, and then you never go down there. They have, a, they put everything into consideration and the physical and everything. So I think that's why they're a bit better because they have everything like in mind for them that's why we have the big team around us now to try to do that the Chinese we learn from them we learn from everything we see in life because everyone has something we can learn from but yeah I think they are extremely good they are my role models I, I love watching the Chinese plays but I also think that I, one of my biggest goals is one day to be 
as dominant as them. I hope I can be like uh, a threat to them one day, hopefully. So when you're in China, do you train with other Chinese players or what do you do there? Where do you usually go? What do you eat? I go to China a lot because of the tennis, because I cover tennis. And and it's quite an experience. It's it's a beautiful place, but it's also very different yeah. to what we know. So what's it like for you yes. there? When I go there, I practice with Chinese. It's always fully Chinese. You stay in a hotel that's one minute away from the hall and 15 seconds away from the restaurant. It's all good because if I want to go to the gym, it's one minute walk to the hall, one minute walk. Everything is in a bubble. This is my favorite thing because you you only focus on on what you want, the table the table tennis, on on the goal and the table tennis, not the traffic and going and coming and <laughs> anyway. For me there, last time I went, it was one of the best times because the place there they have a few people that can speak english so it was easy to talk to communicate with them and then also they considered that we couldn't really eat what they eat so they made very a lot of different options for us to be able to have so they were very considerate but it was just a small club and somewhere yeah in china so yeah but it was good yeah Are you someone, when you travel, are you able at all to, all the different places that you go to, are you able to kind of take in the culture and visit the places or is it very difficult because you're there on a mission, you're there for a tournament and I know how it usually is, hotel, training, tournament, but are you going to start or at least have you started thinking about, I also need to enjoy that part of my life as well? Yeah, <laughs> I'm very weird in this thing everyone okay we need to we should go walk a bit in the town and stuff I'm very focused If, when I go I, I don't want to see except the table and then maybe after we finish the tournament if we have maybe I'll go out <laughs> that's the bad thing because I went to a lot of different countries but I don't really see a lot of different countries like I only see the hall the bus the city from the bus view <laughs> that's it I really I yeah, should <laughs> enjoy this more often but really I like staying in my room a lot <laughs> even in the camps and stuff yeah, yeah but a lot of athletes are like that I, I get that tell me what do you think is what do you think are your biggest strengths in table tennis or just in life everything but your character oh. anything that you think is giving you an edge <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> I feel like if I answer, it's going to be like... Uh, I know it's not easy for someone to talk about themselves. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but if, if, feel like, okay, uh, if someone asks you, if someone asks you, why do you think you're able to do what you're doing right now? What are the key things? What do you think? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think the most thing is... The number one thing is I am very passionate about uh, about what I do. I never want to do something except when it's 100%. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it the full way. And I, I really work. I, uh, <laughs> I try to work very hard always. I never like to be lazy and stuff. And where, where do you draw that motivation from? Because you have to... You have to have a drive from somewhere. Is it something in your environment? Is it something you got from your parents? Or is it something that you have just within you, you've always had? Because it's not always easy. You can want to put the work in, but you actually do put in the work. So where does the motivation come from? Just the fear of being a loser. <laughs> 
I never want to be a loser. I always want to win in anything, in any, anything. <laughs> so this okay. is, I think I'm motivated by the fear of being average. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. It's amazing that you can pinpoint <laughs> it that way. Um, tell me what has been your happiest moment so far in the sport? Ooh, a lot of happy moments, really. But I think... One of the happiest this year when I was playing the African Cup, I already won African Cup last year, but when I played it this year, it was a crazy match. If you have seen, it was like a roller coaster. I was leaving 2-0 and then 3-2 for her. Uh, I was playing against Dina in the final. We are like, we play every single tournament in the African tournament. We, we are like, competitors like this but we're we're good friends which is good <laughs> uh, but in this in this match I was leading 2-0 and then 3-2 to her and then she was leading in the set so and then it was 3-3 and then 3-3 8-3 for her she's leading and you win when you get 11 in table tennis and then 8-3 for her and then 10-8 for me and then 11-10 for her and we kept going and then uh, until it was like 15-13 or something and then because I was, it, it felt so, so good to win this tournament. I, this was, I really wanted this tournament. And then I felt it was my first time to have this reaction inside the, the, the table tennis court. And I, I fell and then I was crying because I was so scared. <laughs> but this was, I think, the happiest moment after I won something. I, I stayed for a few days not not believing it happened because I would watch the match and, and then when when I when I win I cry again after even one week later it's crazy I cannot watch the full match now because it makes me nervous as if I'm still playing yeah I remember the reaction for that match your reaction I I I know the stills I have the images um <laughs> yes. Before I, I will get to, I would like to speak to you about Dina, but before getting to that, just in contrast, what was your toughest ever moment in the sport? It was actually also last year, but not, not also last year. It was also with Dina in the African Championships <laughs> when I lost against her in the semifinal. This was very tough for me because I was nervous, but I wasn't really myself in the match. I was not doing my best. And then I was, Working hard outside, but I wasn't noticing the change in the ta on the table and in the match. And after that, I, I felt like a bit sad because really, wh what are we doing? Why are you losing? What is happening? What is going on? Why is it, why is the African championships not coming? Like, why can why it's not coming? Why, why are you not doing good after all the work? So it, I definitely was in a bit of a dark. Not really. It it was a lot of different things. Uh, that was also when I was really ner nervous last year when I was very stressed. Uh, but hap uh, thankfully I passed this stage in my life and I'm in a very good place now. I'm very happy with where I am. <laughs> you're you're a reigning African champion. That is uh, on the women's level. <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> When when you hear that, is the, is there a special ring to that? Do you do you like hearing that? Yes, <laughs> definitely. So I I heard that in general you you grew up idolizing Dina, and you mentioned she's a friend. What was it like when you start beating your idol? It, it, is it is there mixed emotions? Is it strange? What was that like for you the first time you beat her? Yes, I have been like 
the biggest fan of her ever since when I was like seven or something. She would walk in the hall and then I were running. You know, I'd shake her hands. I'm so happy if she said hi back. And <laughs> it was crazy. And then for first African championships, I played against her in the semifinal. I had to go to just play good, no pressure, just enjoy. And then I won and it was a good match. And that was the moment that where I was like, okay, you can beat her. You can, you beat, you actually beat your idol. So this was one of the craziest moments. But then I lost the tournament, which hurt a lot. Yeah, I think this is the saddest moment in my table tennis. When I lost uh, my first African championships, when I was, it was the year of the Olympics. And then we came back and I won against Dina, which was crazy for everyone. They didn't expect it. And then I lost in the final. And then this was very sad, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for Dina, we also, last year we were room- roommates for ev- every tournament in the year where we were together, we were roommates. And then I learned a lot from her and a lot of different things. She, I learned to be a better person overall. She, she's a very good person. Yeah, I learned a lot from her. <laughs> Is it easy having friends with the lifestyle that you have? Because a lot of the young athletes I speak to, they're not, they don't go to school a lot. Yes. A lot of the people they meet are actually their competitors on the tour. So for you, is is it difficult making friends? A bit, yeah, because you don't really have time to to because you're either traveling and not here, or you're here and then you want to just practice. And whenever it's free time, you don't want to go out. You just want to relax because you have only one day in the week, so you just want to take the one day free. So. It's quite hard to make friends for me because, and really, I don't know, my, my best friends are my family members, my, my sister, my brother, my cousins, because you, you'll, you'll always have them. And also I have a lot of t- friends in table tennis, but you can, you cannot really have like uh, best friends in the same sport. I don't know why, but I never, I don't know. Maybe I need to try to have <laughs> more, but I'm happy with how it is with me. <laughs> but yeah, my, my very good friends, my best friends are my family members, my cousins, because we have a, we are a very big family. So we are, I have a lot of cousins that are my same age, the same age as me. So I'm content with that. Um. <laughs> That's great. Tell me, because I know you went to the Tokyo Olympics as an alternate. Right, you did make the trip with yes. the team. Yes. What was that experience like? And in general, what was your impression of the Olympic experience? Even though there was COVID at the time, so it wasn't like a typical kind of Olympics. But tell me about that experience and how much do you feel that can help you going to Paris and Charlotte? This was like one of the biggest things for me. It was very nice. I was alternate, so I didn't play at all. I was there like every day. I was there more than players who were 
playing. I, I I was like warming up every single player from every single country. One day from India, come Hannah, play with us. Uh, one day, uh, Canada, come play with us. Because uh, they, they, they like to play with me. So uh, they were like, okay, she's alternate. She's free all the time. Come warm up with us before the match. It was quite fun. Uh, I learned a lot. Because the, the atmosphere is totally different, like totally different than a normal tournament because being in the Olympics is crazy because this is the dream. This is the big dream that I've always dream- dreamt of. So going there for the first time and then meeting the whole Egyptian in, from all the different sports and then making friends there. I had, I, I made friends there <laughs> so much. And then we would play like Uno when, when we had like a free day or it it was a very good experience mixed because you you want to play but you're alternate but it was good for the learning i learned a lot i experienced a lot and i think it definitely helped me so much to make it easier for me in paris because it's definitely uh, very different from a normal tournament that you just go by yourself without the the whole pressure on yourself on it and also one thing that i felt like was close to the Olymp- Olympics feelings, but where I played in was the Mediterranean Games. This was this also felt like it because it's uh, games. A lot of the Egyptians are there, like uh, the from the other, from all the different sports. A lot, a lot of the like it has the same feeling. You live in a village, so this was also very nice because. We also got gold and uh, as a team in Egypt. So this was very good for us. It was the first time to ever get it. And I was thankfully one of the main people who helped in the medal. So that was also very big. This is one of my favorite medals I have here. (laughs) That is awesome. With the Olympics, we have in general this, it's in many countries in the world, but especially in the Arab world, People don't follow the athlete the whole time, but then suddenly when the Olympics come, there's so much attention and they put their own expectations on you and all of that. I want to, for you, in your own words, to explain to me, what would you consider to be a successful Olympics for you at this point in your career? Because you're, again, you're only 15, you're only going to be 16 years old next year in Paris. So in your opinion, what expectations do you put for yourself? Or even if you don't have certain expectations, what would be a successful Olympics for you? That's a good question. <laughs> I think definitely to just really enjoy, not just uh, the word enjoy that's always thrown around. Just enjoy and then bef- behind the word they want, they want to put pressure. You know what I mean, right? <laughs> I want to really just enjoy because this is a very big thing. This is the biggest event every and it happens only one time every four years so i really just want to go enjoy i i would i don't want to put expectations that i have to beat this and uh, go to this round i really want to focus on every single point when it comes every single point every single set do the best try to do the best in every single one because whenever i do my best I, everyone is happy. Even when I lose, when I lose, when I, and I do my best, no one uh, t- tells me anything from like the coaches and stuff. If I win and I don't do the best, okay, they talk. But if I lose and don't do the best, then we fight. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, so this is like one of the things for me. I really want to, and it, and I'm thankfully I'm co- implementing it more in my life, in my tournaments. I, 
uh, even like in in Slovenia when when I lost in the same final under 19 under 17 and I had under 19 the next day no one told me anything they all congratulated me because I played so good in the semi-final, even though I lost. So this is one thing that makes me feel good, is that even if you lose, but you do your best, no one's going to tell you anything and you're going to feel good. So even even if I only uh, always want to win, but you have to learn to lose. You have to lose to learn. Yeah. And also you have to learn to lose, to accept losses, because it's part of exactly. your sport. So like, I said you, you the can. word uh, in, a, in a different, uh, and it uh, yeah. meant... <laughs> But both ways, bo- both ways are true. That both ways are yeah, very true. Yeah. I know a few years ago you challenged Muhammad Salah to a table tennis match. As far as I understand, that never happened. So <laughs> when is when are we going to see you and Muhammad Salah play table tennis? I don't know. <laughs> you help me. <laughs> we need to put the message out. I know there. you. More I know you have your hand in tennis more, but come on, help me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we can try we have just, to make it happen <laughs> yeah we really have to or just meet him say hi big fan <laughs> but have you seen because he wins the when they do Liverpool training camp he wins the, the tournament they play tennis. every yeah, year yeah, yeah. have you got to see any of his videos what's his technique like do you, what do you make of Mohamed Salah's table tennis technique <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm just kidding but for us as, as, as a table tennis player when you watch it's good for a non-table tennis player, but us when we watch, <laughs> it's very, I don't know, I, I don't need to, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay, okay, I put you on the spot there. I take it back. <laughs> so do you find yourself like doing homework on planes and stuff like that? How do you handle schoolwork? Yeah, it just happens. But also, I when I have school, I have a very good schedule. I never go to school. I just have all online. And thankfully, the school helps so much. They are very easy on me. They have all the online classes from 2020 and then they just give it to me. Give me for every... When they take this in school, they send me this video and stuff. So they help so much, which is good. I have a very strict schedule when I'm studying. I wake up maybe, for example, if I have practice at 10 and then at 5, I wake up maybe 6.37. I enjoy my morning because I'm a morning person I drink my my hot chocolate or coffee <laughs> that's when I'm in Egypt when when, it, when I'm at, outside it doesn't work that way at all <laughs> when I'm in Egypt I just uh, wake up and maybe have myself like 25 minutes to just enjoy the morning watch some cartoon because that's my favorite thing to do cartoon uh, summaries or it's just some random things on YouTube and then just start studying from maybe 7 to till 10 or 9.30 and then practice and then relax for a bit and then uh, study again and then go practice and then maybe we are definitely like just have some time for religion and reading Quran and stuff. So it's quite strict schedule <laughs> and it changes depending on if the if I have the close thing or now it's quite open because school started, but not really, not, not a lot of things. So I don't have a lot on my plate, sleeping in more. <laughs> so yeah, depends. But I, I actually don't mind studying. I like studying, but I'm a bit scared of exams. That's my only problem, but I like studying. <laughs> yeah, That's cool. You, you seem to have it under control. 
keep doing what you're doing. Yes, thankfully. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sometimes it's not under control, but I try. Which is I okay to. too, I guess. We can we can't live our whole lives trying to control everything. So yeah, em- embrace exactly. the waves. <laughs> Do you feel any responsibility um, to be a role model? Is that uh, does that provide any pressure for you, or is that something that you actually enjoy having that role? I still cannot really take it in that I can be a role model for anyone because <laughs> I just can live life and I'm just as a, a normal teen. When someone tells me, I, I love you, you're, you're, I'm like, okay, really, what? So I need to be more responsible, really. <laughs> no, it doesn't put any pressure on me, but it doesn't also, it, it actually fuels my my fire to make me a better person. But it's very crazy to know that I can be a role model. <laughs> Someone can uh, take me as a, as a, their role model. <laughs> it's crazy. Trust me, there are a, a lot of young boys and girls who look up to you for sure. And and I'm glad that also you're not feeling that it's a pressure. I, I'm, it, it's something no. that seems that you might, you will probably be, enjoy more and more of. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. Best of luck. Thank you so much for your time. I, I really loved Thank our chat. Thank you. Yeah, and, uh, it was very fast. The time passed very fast. It was very well, nice. That's, that's good news. There. There. <laughs> good <laughs> times fly. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Hannah, and best of luck. Thank you so much. It's impossible not to fall in love with Hannah's energy. Her authenticity really comes through. A lot of young athletes often talk about the sacrifices they have to make to succeed in their sport and how they feel like they're missing out on being regular teenagers. But it seems like Hannah is at peace with the choices she has made and has fully embraced the lifestyle of being a professional table tennis player. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned for a brand new episode of Abdal Next Week. To listen to the other episodes in this series, be sure to follow this channel and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other major podcasting platform.